Mr. Herman. Poop again! Party on, dudes! Ten, five, four, three, two. Extreme close up! Welcome back into the Radcast, everyone, hosted by America's two little cutie patooties. I'm Steven. Hi. Hi. Who might you be? Well, <laughs> well I guess I could tell you. My name's Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a stupid intro. That's okay. I say it's just fine. Today's edition of the Radcast Rentals, we are setting up to defend a film that ever since its release, it has been kind of panned by a lot of people, mm-hmm. almost from the shoot. Yeah. It's been panned, uh, especially now with all the quality to come out of the MCU in the past decade or decade yeah. plus. I think anything before that, I think, is under a harsher microscope yeah it's, but it's the, everything is contextual yeah you gotta exactly. look at things in which the time they were made yeah and we're gonna definitely dig into that in this episode uh we however enjoy the movie and we think it is a lot better than people give it credit for especially the director's cut which is what we'll be referencing in this episode uh we are very happy also to welcome back jeff wright to help us talk about the 2003 daredevil daredevil so we were really excited for this one yeah for sure there is a caveat to this one yeah well yeah i just said we're gonna be referencing the director's cut sorry i got a slack message yeah so make sure you silence that phone it's gonna be skyping through jeff do it to worry about do it now i'm not gonna do it now just to turn it on Again, just so that he can come through my phone. Why don't you just practice turning people on, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay. Gross, Steven. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. But uh, first, Matt, why don't you, if you could please hit everyone with the socials. You've done nothing but yell at me this whole episode, and I don't think I want to. Okay, fine. They won't know where to find us then. Okay, you can find us on Instagram. We're at the Radcast, or we're the Radcast on Instagram. Cast is spelled with a K. Radcast is one word. Um, so you can find us on there. You can find us on Twitter at, or at T Radcast T for the, again, cast with a K T Radcast is all one word. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We're just the Radcast. Um, go listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcasts, make sure when you're over on Apple podcast to go ahead and give us five stars, give us a review. Um, it's not to stroke our ego or anything. That's mm-hmm. just kind of how their algorithm works. Yeah. I think you can also give reviews on Stitcher, give, you know, you know, star ratings or whatever as well. So make sure you so. go do that. Yeah. Um, and in these places you can find us, please follow us. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can simply find us there. Mm-hmm. But please, while you're there, you know, give us a follow. Yeah. And also try and interact with us as well. Maybe mm-hmm. drop in our DMs. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. And maybe, just maybe, we'll give you a shout out. Yeah. So when you're over on Spotify as well, you know, however, you know, download, follow, however you do it, make sure to go do that. Sorry for shouting at you, baby yeah. boy. But uh, I'm not sorry for shouting out at these people. So Jeff Wright Designs, again, Jeff's going to join us here in just a moment. We'll let him talk a little bit about Jeff Wright Designs. Uh, P, the Proper Gentleman Podcast, we kick, just kicked off Season 3 a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And then our latest episode was dropped on Friday. Yes. Uh, so the Friday 
before that you're listening to this, we sat down with our good buddy Titus Benton, who hopefully will be joining us later on this month yeah. for Radcast Ramble, The Matthews Method, Zach and Bree Matthews. Of course. You haven't played what? With our buddy Chris Haney, The Wyatt's Great YouTube channel with Dan and Andrew Drake. And speaking of Andrew Drake, he just kicked off his own podcast called One Great Story Podcast. So it's a very cool subject. Cool well, idea. Cool idea. Yeah. And uh, we will be making an appearance on there uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that. Uh, big shout out to Casey Evans for the feedback yeah, uh, after the 1994 sure. episode. One of my managers, or what my one of my old managers at uh, Rico, mm-hmm. uh, a place I used yeah. to work. So. Yeah. So thank you, Casey. Yeah. Uh, always appreciate your feedback. Likes on our 1994 post on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to uh, Nostalgia Junk Podcast, Reverend Puck, Flavio Carnero, Court uh, Flavio. Thank Flavio. you, Flab. Yeah, Rivo Flavio. Hey. Uh, Corvac Crisis 3000, Prianshu 8, Punk Nerd 1234, Kyrie Akatus 9. Um, it's a person's last name, but uh, it is. Yeah. yeah. But um, uh, let us know if we got that right. Yeah. I probably didn't. Yeah. And uh, finally, Parrot Webster, which is mom. Yes. Uh, so again, those are the shout outs. And. Uh, I know you're tired of listening to this preamble here, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be sitting down with Jeff Wright to talk about the 2003 Ben Affleck Daredevil. So stay tuned here on the Radcast. Blind Guy McSqueezy, how do I describe it? We now return. Is a character I've been workshopping whose lack of vision gets him into all sorts of trouble. To the Radcast. The women in my improv class absolutely hate him. I I feel like I am ruining this already. I feel like this is a a mistake for you guys to have me on here. I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad you're the first one to point it out. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I do have a a question now that we have you Skyped in, uh, and it's, how straight are you? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what you got. It's, it depends. When you watch the dirty flicks, do you like the big gazonga on the man or the little gazonga on the man? I'm 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 censoring it. I like the tiniest zongo you got. <laughs> you must not be that straight. You put the zongo on the bongo. Uh, well, welcome back into the Radcast, everybody, from that short little break there. Um, we actually have just just joining us, uh, Skyping in from Decatur, Illinois. Jeff Wright is back on the Radcast. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Uh, Jeff Wright of Jeff Wright Designs. Oh, Jeff Wright Designs. The yes. Jeff Wright Designs. Hey, that's me. Exactly. That There's Jeff Wright Designs and Jeff Wright Designs. He's the Jeff Wright Designs. Exactly. <laughs> How's sure, this is weird for me because this is uh, this is the third time I've been on the Radcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. Third time club, baby. Uh, but this is the first time I'm not recording with you guys live for the yeah. Radcast. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where we, if we have the ability to record in-house with somebody, wherever, if it's their house or our house, yeah. we always try and take it. But unfortunately, with this COVID shit, like, yeah. we can't, We I would much rather be in Decatur right now with you guys doing this. What's, what's that? Decatur shit. is where you live. Yeah. No, no, COVID. What is that? 
That is a a disease that causes paralysis of the nutsack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I got that. I got oh. bad. Oh, really? Well, I haven't felt those danglers for years. It results in frequent urination. Yeah, frequent urination. Temporary blindness, like our subject today. Yes, exactly. Except he wasn't blind oh. temporarily. Yeah. So, like we said at the top there, Jeff Wright is here with us to discuss Daredevil 2003 here on the Radcast Rentals. Make it a blockbuster night. And now, our feature presentation. Hold on. I I do want to point out, because you've talked about being blind. We've talked about COVID. Mm -hmm. I have a story from my work. As the day of recording this yesterday, Uh I saw a bat for the first time in my life in person. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so uh, my yard manager, uh, he... Uses equipment to get rocks and gravel, scoop it up for mm-hmm. customers, dump it in their pickup trucks or trailers or whatnot. And he was getting out of the Bobcat and he was leaning his hand out to kind of like balance himself on a shelf as he was getting out of the cab, I guess, of mm-hmm. the Bobcat. And he was going to put his hand down and he saw something like on the shelving unit. Mm-hmm. So he like moved his hand. It was a bat. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. It was, I mean, it was, it was a tiny little bat, like no yeah. bigger than like an adult mouse body wise, but its wingspan was like Oof. 10 inches. Ugh, that's terrifying. And yeah, so he saw the bat, didn't know if it was alive, kind of like it was on like a piece of stencil that he's used to spray paint some of our equipment uh, mm-hmm. with our logo and branding and whatnot. Yeah. So he moved the stencil and it like fluttered around for Ooh, a second. Good night. But then it, it just like fell on its back. So he was like, okay. He like kind of tried to get it upright to have it fly off or something, and it just kept like going on its back. So I don't know. I th- maybe he was trying to get a little cat nap for the bat. Maybe a little bat nap. How did like? That's, I mean, they are nocturnal. That's what we. I think we've told you that we've had a bat like in our basement. Like every, I've Brandon, our neighbor. For those of you listening, know that we had folks that we lived above for mm-hmm. a number of years, our friends, Brandon and Kayleen and Brandon and our, our laundry units are down in the basement and Brandon saw a bat down there once. And every time I go down there, I keep thinking I'm going to see a bat. I don't know how I'd react. Like a bat is yeah, so like it, freaky. It, it looked super freaky. Cause I got super close to it. Cause what essentially happened was, the bat, I think, this is my working theory, I think it hit its head while it was flying or something, or maybe it fell. Mm-hmm. I think it was disoriented. Okay. Because uh, another coworker, he uh, trapped it in a bucket, took it outside, and basically, like, let the lid off the bucket. It didn't do anything. He just kind of, like, poured it out, mm-hmm. and it just kept going on its back. So he tried to put it in a shaded area. And I have never seen a bat, so I wanted to see the culprit of this whole pandemic that we're facing in the world. <laughs> That's bats. the one. Yep. So I went out and I looked at it, and it was it was freaky looking. Like, again, no bigger than a mouse body-wise, 
but its wings looked like leather and it had like these talons and Ooh, had this. some chompers of yeah. teeth compared to like the proportion of its body like it had some huge teeth so i don't know maybe maybe we got a dracula virus coming on the way too oh man mm. come on man mm. Well, it'll give us enough time to stay indoors and watch Daredevil over and over and over again, which we did. We, hey, uh, good option. Which, yeah. which we did kind of growing up. Um, yeah, it, that was... It, it was... We kind of threw it in the rotation. Yeah. Uh, so, again, Radcast Reynolds, we're talking about the 2003 Daredevil, which, Jeff, in our intro, we mentioned how it doesn't get a lot of love, but, like, we, the three of us, have always enjoyed it. Well, I mean... There, there's an important distinction yes. when talking about this movie. The right. theatrical cut right. or the director's cut. Right. I think, personally, the theatrical cut gets the flack it deserves. Yeah. The director's cut is a diamond in, well, not diamond in the rough, but it is a, is a very underrated movie when you get the option to watch it. Yes. Yeah, and I was, I was it, talking to Steven before this, and I was saying that like, I, I like this version. In mm-hmm. fact, a- after we after the credits yesterday, I was like, "This is good. Like, yeah, this is a actually, good movie." Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but the like the thing that's been kind of gnawing at me, like when doing this episode, is like, this is this is the version people should see, mm-hmm. but yes. most people just know the theatrical right. version, so it's almost like there's like a little asterisk on right. this like mm-hmm. rental like review because. You know, it was kind of like with the Batman v Superman director's cut. Mm-hmm. You know, people were trashing. Mm, it's like if only baby. if only the people who were trashing this could watch like the director's cut. Yeah. But at the same time, like they're not really going to take the time to do yeah. it because they've already they've already made that assumption in their head. They've already yeah. kind of come to the conclusion that it's no good. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, at the at the top, I also mentioned that we're, we're referencing the director's cut. So yeah. everything we say today is going to be coming from the director's cut. We may harken back in comparison of the theatrical cut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Jeff and Matt are talking about, we are talking about the director's cut. If anything we say today piques your interest, I don't think... I don't think the director's cut would be very hard to find. What, what did you watch? No. Did you watch it on the on a streaming service, or do you, do you, no, do you still um, have it? Right? No, I don't. Um, I did the FBI listen to this? Uh, uh, not yet. <laughs> I watched it uh, through various means, which may or may not be of the legal variety. Ah, gotcha. okay. And that's, that's that's as much as I'm gonna incriminate myself. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I I can I'm sure it may not be hard to find. It's not because yeah, okay. it, it's it's not. You can you can rent it on YouTube or Amazon or whatever. I just yeah. I didn't want to rent it. So <laughs> fair that's fair. You I would have it though. I would have I I would have if I was not such a cheapskate. So gotcha. it's not hard to find. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah I I. We have the Blu-ray, and yeah. like that was one of the first choices on Amazon. I, if I'm remembering correctly, when I mm-hmm. bought it a few yeah. years ago, that was one of the first choices on Amazon was the director's cut. Yeah. So you can find it. Yeah. So if anything, if any point that we make, if you haven't, if you saw Daredevil, like we grew up with the theatrical cut, so that's all. That's the only one I knew, and I still liked it after that. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of get more into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of you out there who all you know is the theatrical cut, but you haven't seen it in a while and you listen to this and you're like, well, I'm, I'm interested to see what they're talking about. It's not hard to find. Yeah. Enough um, time has mm-hmm. passed to where 
you know, I think time sort of heals all wounds yeah. uh, for people. Yeah. I guess if, if someone was excited for this and they thought it sucked, you know, I think enough time has passed where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you should probably give it another shot. Yeah. So I'll do a few a few kind of facts about the movie, just general stuff. Then, Jeff, I'm going to shoot it over to you about kind of your sp- first experiences with it. Uh, but Daredevil okay. is directed... Good. <laughs> Daredevil is directed by Mark Steven Johnson. So three, three first, first names. names. Yeah. Um, who also directed Ghost Rider. He produced Ghost Rider oh, Spirit well. of Vengeance. He well, produced I, Elektra. I have no uh, intention of watching Ghost Rider again. Yeah. That I know for he sure. Does, it's sad because... He he made a good movie with Daredevil that not a lot of people got to see because mm-hmm. they didn't see his cut. But then it's not like he could follow it up and be like, I can make good movies. Yeah, he made a lecture on Ghost Rider after. Yeah, Gosh. he exactly. produced those and I mean directed Ghost Rider. He wrote Grumpy Old Men. Um, he directed Simon oh, Birch. Oh, never mind. He's redeemed himself. <laughs> he, he directed Simon Birch. Directed Simon Birch. Uh, he did the screenplay for Big Bully, Jack Frost, and Christopher Robin. Um, so oh, wow. Okay. A little bit of redeeming. Very ec- a little eclectic, redemption. like, yeah. creative I was about to say, he's got some range. Yeah. Uh, so it was released February 14th, 2003. Uh, made 107- a sweet Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Just in time for the greatest love story ever told of Matt Murdock and Electra Nachios. Um, we'll get, we'll get into that if you don't know what we're talking about. You're <laughs> hopping on here, never seen the movie. <laughs> um, made a, made 179 million at the box office. Produced by 20th Century Fox. Ben Affleck plays Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. Jennifer Garner plays Electra Nachios slash Electra. Hot lunch. Hot lunch. I had the biggest crush on Jennifer oh, Garner yeah. when this movie came Same. out. Of course. And like I watched it again, and I was like, oh. She I'm, looks, I'm getting a little flush. She is hot. A little hot, hot. Getting a little hot <laughs> under the collar. Uh, Colin Farrell plays Bullseye. Michael Clark Duncan plays Kingpin mm. slash Wilson Fisk. Mm-hmm. Fisk. Uh, John Favreau, who you everybody know, Disney legend now. Um, MCU. He, yeah, one of the forefathers Titan, to yeah. the MCU, as it is. Um, John Favreau plays Foggy Nelson. David Keith plays Jack Murdoch. And Joey Pantoliano plays Ben Urich. Joey Pants. And Joey Pants. Kevin Feige was a producer on this movie. Yeah. So Kevin Feige was kind of, he now? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So the thumbprints, the thumbprints of the MCU were were here with John Favreau wow. and Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham Ravel does the score, which Aha. is a phenomenal score. Um, it had mixed reviews when it came out. Um, it's funny because this is before the influx of kind of like of superhero movies and kind of yeah. what they would become and what people would come to expect like roger ebert gave it three out of four stars the houston chronicle said it was the best marvel movie to date which it didn't have a lot of lot to go off of uh blade and spider-man were like pretty much an x-men were pretty much the only ones this is definitely the director's cut i think is definitely better than x-men yeah um it's better than thor the dark world yeah uh, so, but again, we'll get we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that there. Um, it had its uh, detractors as well, um, with the theatrical cut being called sloppy and unambitious. Um, and it was kind of a precursor. People could kind of see the writing on the wall with like superhero movies starting to take shape the same way that action movies did in the 80s mm-hmm. and kind of same same form. Um, ben Affleck hates the movie. Um, he, Which and, is unfortunate. Yeah, and especially since... He's a self-proclaimed Daredevil fan. Yeah. Um, but he wanted to make up for it by taking the role of Batman. Which for, he excelled at greatly. He did great. 
Um, it's so sad because I feel like his Daredevil got crapped on and his Batman has gotten crapped on. In my opinion, he nailed both roles. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, and we'll, we're, we're definitely going to have another episode where we have you on, Jeff, to A, talk about Man of Steel and B, talk about Batman oh. v Superman. Because I want to defend, defend both of those movies. Yeah. Um, I will defend both of those until the day I die. Yeah, yep. there, there, there was one scene in uh, Daredevil yeah. when, when, uh, when they hit, when Bullseye hits the organs and the bats fly out, and Steven's like, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, it's it's a scene where Daredevil and Bullseye and their final confrontation, not yeah. the final confrontation, but yeah. the final confrontation between Bullseye and Daredevil, uh, to where they're hanging from this huge this huge organ in a, in the cathedral and a pipe. They're both hanging from a pipe and bats flew out, and I'm like, Martha. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Apropos. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the That's, biggest he he used that as his inspiration for Batman, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the, it's the, here's the here's the thing. <laughs> According to Zack Snyder, Batman v Superman yeah. started with an idea. He just had it's like it's like Rosebud in Citizen Kane. He's like Martha, <laughs> and so and so they <laughs> built from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. yeah. um, one of the biggest naysayers was Stan Lee and his quote for it was they just wrote the thing all wrong they made him too tragic which Stan do what? you know this which, character I say which is proof positive that Stan Lee after this after the 60s and 70s Daredevil run didn't keep an eye on Daredevil yeah because no like it, yeah at all um, and the Daredevil that is used now in the Netflix series and the Daredevil used in the movie and the Daredevil on from the 80s once the one kind of formed and reimagined by Frank Miller and Denny O'Neill. Yeah. I was about to say, like, this... Uh, I, I took notes as I watched it uh, recently, and, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it more when we break down the movie a bit more, but, like, I, I thought, personally, this just felt like a frank miller comic yeah, come to yeah, life yeah oh, yeah like it that just shows stanley like you said he didn't keep up with daredevil as a character he didn't really see how frank miller kind of revitalized the character mm-hmm. to make him this dark tragic i mean i would say daredevil is coincidentally enough as dark and tragic as batman yeah for marvel comics so like yeah Stan, shut up you old bat Stanley. <laughs> it's like it's like if after he got done watching like a Punisher movie and he's like, I just thought there was too much killing in it. Well, that is Frank Castle's MO. Yeah, exactly. Um is actually it's funny you mentioned Batman there, Jeff, because um I read somebody review it, the director's cut, and uh he said the director's cut was what Batman what Tim Burton's Batman wanted to be. Um, which I think is a good way to kind of surmise that, like, Mm -hmm. cause it, that, that's really good. I like that. Um, so before we get into what we liked about the movie, some of the things, some of the way, cause it's not perfect. We can, we can realize even with the director's cut, making it a more well-rounded movie, like there's still issues with it. Well, you said one of the, one of the Mm. criticisms was that the theatrical cut was sloppy. The director's cut addresses like the stuff that you'd probably find sloppy. It's a bit more like, 
um, what was the term you used yesterday? Like it threaded things. There's yeah, scenes there, in uh-huh. there that threaded stories. There's a whole together. subplot yeah. that was taken out of the theatrical cut. That which, I at which, first was like, I, don't, I could do without this, but then it like showed Matt Murdock as a lawyer. Yeah, foggy and, and, we'll, as a lawyer. and yeah. we'll we'll get into that here in just a second. We'll get into everything we liked about the movie, some things we didn't like, and kind of um, some aspects of it that should be taken back into consideration by. The moviegoer, especially the superhero moviegoer. But first, Jeff, with both the theatrical, because you obviously, did you see the theatrical cut first? I don't think so, because I uh, remember growing up, my older brother, he saw it in theaters, and I think he enjoyed it at the time, because, I mean, that was right when, you know, Spider-Man, X-Men had come out and were super popular, um so there's this like surge of like optimism for superhero movies so i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure he saw it he liked it and then i think we got it on dvd and i think he got the director's cut because he was excited to see that Mm -hmm. and i think that's the i think that's the only version i've seen because uh, i know for a while when people would complain about the movie or like criticize it i was confused because they would mention things i'm like no, that doesn't make sense because there's this scene or yeah. there's this dialogue or this happens mm-hmm. or this happens. Cause I remember distinctly really enjoying all the scenes with Matt Murdock as a lawyer defending his client and helping him through that case. Yeah. And I remember also distinctly like one of the complaints people like my friends at the time had said that they didn't like how they didn't really show Matt Murdock being a lawyer. <laughs> so there's that confusion for me. Right. Yeah. And did you, did you see it when it like, did, did you guys get the DVD? Like, cause actually the director's cut, I don't think was released until like 2004. So like a year after yeah. it uh-huh. was in theaters and the year after the theatrical cut. Uh, but I'm guessing you probably saw it within that. Oh, four, Oh five yeah. timeline maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we were the opposite growing up. So it came out the, uh, in February, right at the beginning of 2003. Yeah. And I think we got the DVD like Christmas 2003. Mm-hmm. So we were in sixth grade. With the soundtrack. With the soundtrack, which is I have solid. a lot of nostalgia for that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so we actually were kind of the opposite. We grew up, we watched, we when we put it in our rotation of movies, we watched like in sixth grade and, and everything like that. We had the theatrical cut and we liked it just fine because... Like you said, we loved X-Men. We loved Spider-Man. We grew up loving, mm-hmm. like you, pretty much all things superheroes. So, like, mm-hmm. if it was a superhero, mm-hmm. we'd bite. And we liked Daredevil because we saw him on the Spider-Man TV show. Yeah. So And we knew a little bit about him. He's so, one of the more interesting characters, which is right. why I gravitate towards him. Because right. there's, like, mm-hmm. there's different, like, elements to him that separate him from, like, a Captain America or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think we were really willing to give it a chance so we just grew up with the theatrical cut and actually last night when we rewatched it was the first time i ever watched the director's cut because i had i remember you saying how just how better of a movie the director's cut was and i remember reading that but growing up we never had the director's cut mm-hmm. until a couple oh, wow. of years ago and then we just kind of it was sitting on our shelves and yeah. then when we decided hey let's hit up jeff um for our next rentals and let's talk about daredevil yeah because i was thinking about oh give the the theatrical cut it's due but i was like let's check out the director's cut yeah and i say the director's cut 
definitely needs its due, which yeah. I hope we can do for all of you listeners out there yeah. tonight. I think in, I think, cause you mentioned, cause like Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Mm-hmm. It had mixed reviews. So that means it had its good reviews. And now it seems like you can find nothing but negative reviews, right. at least for like the theatrical cut. Um, I, I think that's sort of reflecting people's attitude as a whole mm-hmm. towards anything when something new and improved comes out. I think yeah. it's unfair. Like you think something's good and then a better version of it comes mm-hmm. out and you're like, Oh, well the, 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 that, you know, that was crap. Yeah. Like that. It's like, I think too many times we don't look at the context in which something was made because mm-hmm. we've said not many superhero movies had come out. Right. At least like Marvel movies had come out. Mm-hmm. So to like, look at it negatively just because it's not like an MCU movie. Right. I think, I think that's kind of unfair and that Mm -hmm. goes for anything. Like I think things need to be looked at in which the context in which they were made. Mm -hmm. And there's many other circumstances rather than just looking at something at face value and being like, Oh, that sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think Uh if we're talking something face value, I think something that everybody could, and I, could agree on and should take a closer look at is the movie is visually slick. It looks like Hell's Oof. Kitchen. Like it's yeah. it's dark and kind of mm-hmm. brooding. Like these and, dark yeah. like it when it first opens, you know, you could go the route of say our a previous rental we just did, mm-hmm. the kind of the grimy gothic look the monochromatic of the crow but instead it just as soon as it opens you see when they're doing night and they're doing the darkness of hell's kitchen at night they use like a blue hue yeah. like with like a sheen mm-hmm. on it and when it's the daytime it is it is the dingy kind of grimy version of hell's kitchen but visually it's it looks really well, good and it, and it opens yeah. up with frank miller imagery mm-hmm. like when i was just about to yeah. say that's my favorite that's my favorite shot in the whole movie and it's funny it's like the first real shot that you get of like daredevil clinging on to like that big church steeple cross yeah. mm-hmm. and that's just i mean that's literally pulled straight from the comic like yeah. that's the, the i would say it's probably one of daredevil's like kind of most iconic images of him in that kind of pose just hanging on like a cross cross effects crucifix yeah and that's also what makes him an interesting character which i think they do well in this and obviously they do it in the netflix show Mm -hmm. and all that to say we love the netflix show oh yeah um oh yeah but i i think because that's so good people double down on the hate for the movie Mm -hmm. and for ben affleck as matt Mm -hmm. murdoch i mean hell when he was announced as batman people were citing daredevil as a reason he shouldn't play another superhero yeah and as you'll hear in our conversation he was he was one of if not the best part of this movie Mm -hmm. especially this director's cut. absolutely yeah Yeah, but um uh there they they it, there's a lot of the the religious confliction that yeah. Matt Murdock has is done very well in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think as one of well. the I think one of the layers that the director's cut adds is you get more of the Catholic imagery. Yeah. You get mm-hmm. more of like Matt's um connection to the church and connection to mm-hmm. the priests and connection with nuns and everything so you see there's more of that layer added of inner turmoil between him and his you know teetering catholic faith 
And also he's this devil of hell's kitchen yeah. and he's exacting justice on people. And uh, the sound engineering is really, really good too. That, that That is one thing between both cuts that I think really shines through is the sound engineering. Like when he's in the bar and he's Ooh. fighting, um, uh, Casada, and all it, the like, patrons. And it's just this, it's, it puts you in the shoes of Matt Murdock, like as bullets are whizzing it's like by. It's like, like you, that. you hear, you get the scope of like his sonar and yeah. everything like that. You, hear, you as an audience hear the gunshots, but you as Matt Murdock hear like the muffled like fan blades and like mm-hmm. the, the, uh, like the bullets trying, but like the white noise, like the high buzzing or whatever. Yeah. And Jeff, um, it's all done so stylistically. Uh, I love how they've illustrated how senses work and how you kind of, the first Mm -hmm. time you see this is when Matt, when young Matt Murdoch is in the hospital. Yeah. I hated that kid. (laughs) Really? He's he's, he's bad. I thought he, it was funny. Katie was, Katie watched this for the first time last night Uh ever. Any version of the movie. Yeah. Um, and we were watching it and I was kind of filling her in on some of the comic book history of the stuff. And this, I, I will say this, the scene where Matt wakes up after his accident as a kid in the hospital bed, that I thought was really well done. Yeah. I thought it was, it, it reminded me oddly enough, there's a lot of connections to kind of like Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman for this for me right now. But it reminded me of that scene in Man of Steel when young Clark is like, having sensory overload yeah, yeah. with like his powers going off or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done, but just, just the scene with young Matt with his dad, uh, and like young Matt's like force feeding the audience, like the exposition, like I'm blind. I heard you talking to the doctor in his office. <laughs> It'd be funny if he was facing and- a wall when he said it. <laughs> like, uh- <laughs> Turn, turn around, Maddie. <laughs> I'm right here, Maddie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm oh, blind. No. Over here. <laughs> it was a good scene. I just that was one of my big negatives is that that kid actor was so stiff. Yeah. That I, I it just it pulled me out of it. But I I do agree that the imagery is really cool. I really liked how they played his superpowers off in this, like his his sonar sight or whatnot mm-hmm. i thought for the time the graphics and special effects were really cool mm-hmm. and well done and i liked how it was almost like matt murdoch couldn't he he could see everything quote unquote and hear everything but it was like everything was like on top of each other and he couldn't yeah. filter it out and mm-hmm. like really make a map for himself because it was so brand new right yeah yeah and if we're on the subject of him as a kid, yeah, like the the kid wasn't great. Um, I think some of the added dialogue and added scenes helped it a little bit for me. Um, but I mean, all in all, yeah, you call him a spade a spade. The kid's not great. I think without the inclusion of his master stick we don't get mm. an explanation on how he's so proficient with his cane yeah, exactly. and martial arts. He and just has like this, that. he just figures it out. Right. Yeah. So, also, I want to say something I've always thought since I was a kid, mm-hmm. who the hell made his suit for him? Good, good. Who, question. <laughs> who, who made this tailored made form fitting spandex leather suit for daredevil? He can't, so well, maybe he could. I don't know. I, I want to see his first attempt at making his own suit. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. 
ow, <laughs> ow, and it's all, the needle. it's all just looks like garbage. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's how in the comics his suit looks so ridiculous, being red and yellow. Yeah, he didn't know he was mixing fabrics or materials why didn't anyone tell me i looked stupid well the thing is it's in uh, some of the and i say more current and like the um things like the 80s adaptations i can't remember if it's karen page or one of his other girlfriend i think it's karen page suggests in a, in a certain story arc that kind of reimagines his origins um karen page tells him to maybe maybe wear a red suit and i think it'd be funny he's like yeah what color was i wearing yeah <laughs> black and yellow like a bumblebee (laughs) i think i think i actually it i thought of this because you asked that question who made a suit and i asked the question if people are going to dress and act like daredevil cosplay wise um why haven't like there are some like universal studios before kind of the like disney took over the marvel properties they would have people dress up as characters and walk around the park and take pictures with patrons. And once the one time I saw like Daredevil, somebody in a Daredevil costume, and I was like, why isn't he facing the opposite direction of everybody in that picture? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why do we not have people walking around like patting around with canes yeah. at Comic Con? So much running for, into things. So much for committing to the role. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I did. I did. Speaking of sound engineering, um, one thing I really loved was they really put an emphasis, and in the theatrical version they did it in maybe one scene. But because there's more like Matt Murdock lawyering in mm-hmm. this version, yeah, they really put an emphasis on how we can hear people's heartbeat, yeah, and, yeah. and like tell whether or not they're lying and stuff yeah. like that. I just, I just really, I think, I think they did a really good job of showing you how Matt Murdock can navigate yeah and how as Daredevil and how heightened his senses really are yeah I think they did a really good job and uh kind of like we were saying sound engineering wise I think mm-hmm. that really painted a good picture yeah I sent you guys um an article earlier today from a that was written a couple years ago from a website called den of geek yeah. and I think the author really really lays out like really well what the director's cut has that the theatrical cut doesn't. Because yeah. if you watch them both, you realize 20th Century Fox kind of neutered this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Toned down the darkness, dulled some of the, like, the edge of the movie. Yeah. Um, took out the, a lot of the violence and tried to focus more on Matt and Electra, like yeah. the romance aspect. Um, and I, if you guys don't mind, I, I'll read some of the quotes from, yeah. from the article. I, I don't mind. Okay? Do it, because I don't read. Uh, oh, yes, that's right, because you are blind. <laughs> um, so this are uh, the author of this article, so this is verbatim from this article from Den of Geek. Firstly, the cut has soul, and that soul is Matt Murdock. Daredevil's legal eagle alter ego is a distinct and well-drawn character rounding out the hero's motivations and morals. He's not there just to mope around in the brief bits where Affleck hangs up the billy club, which that was something in the middle of the movie. I was like, he's actually like doing lawyering. He's actually doing detective work. And you actually get to see Nelson and Murdoch like fought like them trying to, trying to struggle for clients. So we mentioned the subplot real quick. There's a subplot to where they're taking on a murder case that actually has a cameo from Coolio. Yeah, which is actually great. In yeah, Coolio is really yeah. good. Um, and it's he's hilarious. Inter- like intersplice with all the Daredevil 
stuff mm-hmm. is foggy and Matt navigating this murder case, um, yeah. which threads together with ties back to Kingpin. Yeah. It ties back to, it shows Matt and foggy's relationship in the courtroom. It shows Matt as an investigative lawyer yeah. and it has a little bit of Karen page helping out in there. Yeah. Until it tied back to Kingpin at the end. That was one because I've got positives and positives and negatives. That mm-hmm. was one of my negatives. It was like I don't know about this Coolio subplot. I feel like it just is. I feel like it's sort of random, right? Like yeah, we get to see Foggy be a lawyer, and we mm-hmm. get to see Matt do some lawyering. But then when it tied back around, when Ben Yurick was talking mm-hmm. to him about how it tied back to Kingpin, yeah, then I was like, okay. I'm cool with it yeah. where it's at. And Jeff, I don't know about you, but I know for me, that's what really made me a fan of Ben Affleck's portrayal of Matt Murdock was that subplot. I enjoyed when he looked in the mirror and said, were you some kind of daredevil? <laughs> is that what is when that? Is that oh, I write, that write that right. down. Yeah. Are you again facing the other way? <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, um, seeing the director's cut first, like I had no reason to think Ben Affleck did a bad job in this. And n- I loved like his whole, you know, we've joked about it, but like his whole facing away from the jury and whatnot, like yeah. trying to say like, you know, it's like talking to a wall or whatnot for his client or something. Um, and I just, I, I really loved how he, intermixed his abilities as a lawyer or his abilities as daredevil with being a lawyer, like, you know, listening to the cop and trying to detect his heartbeat. And like, he, he's conflicted cause he's like, the cop's not lying. Like yeah. he's not lying. He's, he's saying that, you know, our client's guilty and all this and that, but I wanted to be foggy for a second and be like, how the hell do you know? He's not lying. Like he just, yeah. he just made a statement. Like, I don't know. If I was John Favreau in that scene, mm-hmm. I was like, can we rewrite that? Because that doesn't sound natural. Just like, he's not lying. How do yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, maybe Fo- at this point, maybe Foggy like knows obviously that Matt has heightened, that blind people just in general have heightened senses. So maybe Matt and at law school was like, oh, I can hear people's heartbeats. It's like, it's one of my quirks. It's something that I do. So maybe mm-hmm. they've had that conversation before. But kind of like how we've had conversations before unless the movie tells us we don't know right yeah right right um but yeah i think i the added subplot in there rounds not it it gives matt murdoch the the distinction of having an identity as a lawyer not just matt murdoch is daredevil and he has this love affair with electra nachios and oh oh yeah he's a lawyer and they have one or two scenes where he's being a lawyer so yeah. i like how that rounded out matt murdock and again like i think it merits ben affleck's acting a little better uh, during yeah. those scenes where he's uh-huh. like investigating and he's and he's lawyering up 
So another thing that Dinner Geek points out is secondly, there's so there's so much godly, there's so much needed grit. The first edit was all boner and no balls, lingering yeah. over the too quickly recorded. What a quote! Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's true. That's what they should have put on the DVD case: all boner and no balls, yeah, or all steak and no sizzle. Yeah, um, exactly. I think I like all boner and no yeah. balls better. So it's lingered over the too quickly requited relationship between Matt and Electra, which that always bugs me in movies. To where what's the time frame? How does Matt that love Electra already. Yeah, I that that was one of my negatives mm-hmm. of it is that that was like way too fast. Yeah. Um, and this time around, the fights are longer, the aftermath is more painful, and there's no superhero shagging. Daredevil doesn't get any lucky breaks at all, which is exactly how it should be. And if you think about it, true. he still gets hurt. I mean, first of all, the extended bar fight scene. I looked at Matt and I was like. This rules. Yeah, it was cool. That mixed with like, like we mentioned the sound design, how it like would fade in and out of like, you know, normal, like normal sound of gunshots and then just fan blades whirring and like the high squeal of like, you know, like when your ears are ringing and you can using his, his, his hearing to find who's where and stuff like that. And plus just the martial arts is incredible. The choreography was great. And then kind of the strobe effect on what was going on. Yeah. And the Nickelback soundtrack. I'm a sucker for a good strobe effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the the Nickelback song off the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I I will say that one of the fight scenes gives us my least favorite line in the whole movie. mm -hmm. It's when Elektra is trying to fight Daredevil because she she thinks he killed her dad or whatnot. And and basically it's just Daredevil going, I didn't kill your dad. And her response, liar. Liar. Oh, my God. Like, I, I... Always physical bullseye. (laughs) I always remembered that. Even Mm. when I first saw it, I was like, "Ugh!" I was like, "This terrible." It was. I. It's funny. As soon as you started talking about what scene it was, I knew exactly what the line was because I hate them. She's like, "Liar!" Oh God, it's so bad. Um, this movie sucks. It also. (laughs) There's also an extended (laughs) final. This movie blows. Let's watch a different one. (laughs) Yeah. Let's watch Howard the Duck. Yeah. Ooh. That one now does, you're cooking. That one does not deserve a revisit. No. Because we did it years ago and I was like, yep, this movie's not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh another extended fight scene was between um Ben Affleck and the probably the second best part of the movie, Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, he man. was when I remember when he first was cast as Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind this is a mindset of comic accuracy. It right. has nothing. It has and, nothing to do with like. And as like a 10, 11 year old kid when yeah, they were doing the casting. Yeah, exactly. It, it had nothing to do with like race in and of itself. It was just mainly like comic book accuracy. I was like, Michael Clark Duncan. Like, yeah, he's got the size, but like, Kingpin's white. But then when I watched the movie, I was like, okay, this is perfect casting. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. And I, I still think that. I. I wasn't upset necessarily that he was cast because of race or whatever when I was a kid. I just always, like, I went off of the Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. And, like, for me, I was like, you know, Kingpin's not, like, tall. He's just big. Like, yeah. he's just supposed to be, like, really huge. And who, who's the guy who plays him in the Netflix show? Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, I think he nailed it look-wise, personality-wise, everything-wise. But I will say that the way Michael Clark Duncan portrays himself as Wilson Fisk in this 
it was perfect. Like mm-hmm. I, as soon as he came off on screen, like I was like, nope, this is Kingpin. Like I don't care yeah. if he's super tall or big or whatnot. He doesn't look quote unquote how I think Kingpin should look. He is Kingpin yeah. right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and, yeah. It, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a, he had a good balance. It wasn't a hammy performance. It wasn't him being over the top. But he was like a smooth. Yeah. Like, he was suave. He was smooth. He, you definitely could take him as someone who he wasn't directly causing all this trouble in hell's kitchen, mm-hmm. but you could tell he was the, the, brains behind it all he was pulling the strings he was the kingpin and he played that really really well and that extended fight scene between daredevil and kingpin is a bone crushing knockdown drag out fight yeah that like you see you you see daredevil get his ass kicked yep you see kingpin takes because he can't see anything yeah he's blind come on people he's blind you're beating up a blind man dude you just come on come on dude um and fine yes <laughs> and finally the final point that they make they use kind of a three-point system on why yeah you know, like why the director's cut is good uh they say and most crucially there's a story there's a yeah. real oh, yeah. honest to goodness narrative with clear conflict progression resolution an entirely new subplot which we've mentioned before featuring coolio as a gangbanger framed for murder not only demonstrates that matt murdoch does what he does in his day job but ties together a bunch of ends left ragged and loose in the original i think that's what agreed i was kind of made it sloppy because again fox wanted to focus so much on okay daredevil the daredevil parts but also let's pull this love story mm-hmm. and make that one of the center focuses and who's who's the bad guy okay it ties to daredevil the kingpin instead of kingpin tying to everything else yeah yeah well and it's just like i'm sure they were the same way with wolverine and gene gray and mm-hmm. x-men yeah um which which even more so made people hate cyclops even though cyclops is a badass character that needs more love mm-hmm. anyway sorry jeff go ahead Uh, oh wow such strong emotions sorry i just i love me some cyclops i was gonna say i hated everything about electra in this movie same i hated every last thing like yeah i had a huge crush on jennifer garner at the time still do um but (laughs) you know i uh every aspect of her in this movie sucked like Mm -hmm. I hated the plot of her and Daredevil and like the romance there. I hated the the fights. The fights were okay when they're in costume. I the playground Playgrounds. fight scene is stupid. Awful. It's so mm-hmm. stupid. Like uh, I just in what world does that make sense <laughs> that if you're a woman you're going to be in her mind you're going to beat the shit out of a blind guy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because because he's like close to you and he's just like you trying to get your name. You're going to beat him up. If you think he's blind, just walk away from him. Yeah, exactly. Just, just like spin him around and like push, shove him somewhere. You don't beat him up. He's, he's left walking talking, to traffic. He's left talking to a seesaw. He's like, you haven't answered me in a while. <laughs> Come but on, like, baby. The number, huh? Like, like if you're a lecturer in that moment you're and you're trying to like punch and kick at a blind dude – and like he's he's dodging and moving away from some of your hits, like that that in my mind 
it's not like an invitation like oh i can keep trying to hit him it's like wow he's yeah. gotten really lucky a couple times i should probably stop swinging at him before i hit him um yeah. to be fair he did say you're holding back she's like yeah and he's like don't so that yeah. was giving her permission okay that's that, consent that, as we like to call it in that the streets was, that is way further than any normal person should have gotten to in that fight. That's true. It's a blind <laughs> man. Like, like Jeff, <laughs> this guy's blind. Like Jeff said, her knee-jerk reaction, even though she knew he... It's like the Mike Birbiglia joke. It's like she knew, knew he, he was, was blind, blind, and she still was resolved yeah. to kick his ass. Like yeah. her knee-jerk reaction was to beat him up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, and there's so many little nuanced things in there to where like, where they're both, it's hard camera on the two shot of both of them. And, and like Grammarville score is coming in and they're like both like shimmying their jackets off. And oh Jennifer has got a nice that. top. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, um, but then uh, I have like throws his walking stick in the air and then, and then catches after, it. And, th- and then so he's just like, he, then he like does the, like the just like bring it like thing, the, like the rock, just bring yeah. it thing, and he's this dumbest smirk on his face. Yeah, I that it always bugged me. He's just a catch. This. Matt Murdock is a catch, dude. No, but you can. He just looks like he looks like he an sleeps idiot. in a coffin. He does sleep in a coffin, essentially, like a sound canceling, like a noise right. canceling. Yeah, that but then was he cranks cool. Cedar I when he wakes that up. That was cool as a kid. That is yes. cool. That is cool, and. I, I've always liked the part, too, to where when he comes... And this is extended in the director's cut, of course. Um, if all of you don't know by now, we're referencing <laughs> yeah, the director's cut. Um, there's a director's cut? Sure is. Is it any good? It's okay. You it, should, you should oh. listen to the beginning of this episode. It, it begs the question, how straight are you? <laughs> <laughs> after you watch this movie (laughs) ask yourself that question i do i like a walking stick do you like to see matt murdoch handle (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) how how big how big how big do you like to see his billy clubs (laughs) but it's 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 extended in the director's (laughs) but after his night on duty billy clubs (laughs) <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. i honestly i'm probably gonna watch tiger king again so that i can pick yeah, up on baby. more things yeah um but <laughs> back to daredevil uh back to a different daredevil yeah um but um it, whether it's the theatrical cut or the extended part of it in the director's cut um i really liked the scene where he's off of patrol and he's just kind of, he's taking a suit off. You see all like the scars on him. Yeah. And he's like, he's just kind mm-hmm. of almost like just lackadaisically. Just because he he's pull exhausted. A tooth out? He pulls a tooth out yeah. when he's in the shower. You see him just kind of just throw his stuff. Like he, mm-hmm. he just puts his, his, his nunchucks like yeah. on, on just a, on a rack, just nonchalant, just lackadaisically puts his, me- he, cause he's exhausted. Yeah. Um, which I don't know how he would go back and straighten all that out later. I'm surprised all of it isn't just all over the place. I think, I think he, um, used up a lot of energy with all the gasoline he used to make a gasoline to, oh, uh, yeah. 
to uh, <laughs> accurately depict his D- uh, DD his... logo uh, with the hope that Joe Pantoliano would throw a cigarette on it. Yeah, that's a little silly. Yeah, uh, I just it, it makes in, sense in the crow, but like even in the crow, like this image of of Eric Draven, like I can see it, like symmetrically making a crow, like with gasoline. Like I, all all of these these little art projects that these guys do, it's all you know hinging on on the the hope that someone's gonna throw fire there and know that now they left imagine the mark. imagine how many logos are around in superhero movies that don't light up because no one had a cigarette. Yeah, Waste of time. Like, and you could say, oh well, they smell gasoline. It's like, well. Is your first response if to you throw gasoline a to throw a light at at wherever yeah. you smell gasoline? It's just funny the hero does puts all that where they spend like forty five minutes on it, and then they're just waiting on the top of a roof, and nobody does anything. They actually walk over it, and he's like, "Ah, sh- damn it!" <laughs> Plus, he's blind, so yeah. they, it could have looked totally like ridiculous. A style wise and attitude wise, sure that's a nice trailer moment, but realistically, what? Not I'm not even gonna say in terms of real realism, but you know, pragmat like just didn't is it like you said it's it it's kind of silly to think about just the imagery of them taking the time to like flit like having the gasoline yeah. is like spurting out of the can. Yeah, Jeff, you had oh, I inhaled some of it. <laughs> 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 My senses are heightened. <laughs> oh, now I don't have any more senses. Um, you mentioned how. Where you, am I? <laughs> Jennifer Garner was. T- <laughs> I'm blind. I'm blind. <laughs> what did, I can't see. Where did this happen? <laughs> you would. Uh, he's. This reminds me. In the comic books, there's a deaf character. Um, who's he's friends with, but originally they weren't friends because um, she thought he killed her dad, and uh, and then he took some explaining, and I thought it'd be funny. She's, she's like, like, what? She was like, oh, I think I just misheard you. <laughs> 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 and there's also one to where like Matt Murdock loses confidence in himself, and then at the end of the story arc, it's like he he regains his sense of self. And I was like, too bad he doesn't regain his sense of sight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the movie. So you brought up there Jennifer Garner as nice as she looked, and I think she is a, a quality actress. It just didn't show in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't like Colin Farrell's portrayal of Bullseye. I think it's kind of corny. Um, I think Hammy. I think. I think he, he it's fine, but it's just it's in some parts it's kind of a little too hammy for me. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just because I yeah. don't I don't know too much about the character of Bullseye in the comics, but it's just his part just kind of took me out of it a little yeah. bit. I think I think the essence the essence of Bullseye that gets off on how accurate he is in killing people. I think there was it, it was in there that was captured. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but Colin Farrell's kind of like he gives us off this dirty Irishman like yeah. uh-huh. aura, and so like I think he fit mm-hmm. with Bullseye. I think I it ca- it's weird because yeah, it captures the essence of Bullseye. I think, um, but it just misses certain marks. Like I I don't know. Like there's 
the scene where he's in the pub mm-hmm. and he like kills the guy with a paper clip. I'm like, that's dumb. That's yeah. real dumb. Like uh, several paper clips. It was one paper clip that he made into several pieces. And I only uh, know that because cause I, I tried to, at work today, I took a paper clip <laughs> and I tried to do the hand thing. I'm like, there's no fucking way he did this with one hand. Like, <laughs> exactly. But um, him, him killing the guy with a paper clip. The imagery of him like on an airplane sitting next to that granny who's like annoying him, so he flicks a peanut in her mouth. Like that's just really dumb. Like you're trying to show off that he's really accurate, but there are way more badass ways that you could have shown this off than him killing someone with a paperclip and a peanut. Like I I don't know. I I do think that he was very over the top and hammed it up a lot. And I think I think he came off as deranged for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, it's like it was deranged, but toned down just a hair when in reality bullseye should be deranged and like cranked up to 11. And I just never got that from him in this. If you're familiar with Mr. Zazz in the Batman comics, he should be just kind of a notch below Mr. Zazz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I, agree. I think even they gave they he gave a PG thirteen bullseye. I think he was even oh yeah. I think he was even told by the studio to give more of like a PG mm-hmm. like PG thirteen level bullseye. When bullseye as a character is more in line with like in a Deadpool movie, like yeah. a hard R. Yeah, like like you said, deranged or sadistic. Did they do bullseye in the Netflix show? I don't. I, th- I think they did. I never made it past the middle of season two just because, mm. you know, I was kind of coming out of that age, that stage of my life to where I would binge things. Mm-hmm. And then like I was kind of getting into after like two episodes of something yeah. on Netflix. So I'm like, I'm going to find something else to do. Yeah, it was good. But like, I think he came about in season three. I would like to see Colin Farrell now try and play Bullseye because mm-hmm. I think he's Colin- playing the Penguin. Yeah, exactly. Never mind. I think Colin Farrell and Ben Affleck both fell victim to mid-2000s at that time. Their acting roles were really hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Whereas as they got older, I think they became more respected as actors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, One thing that bugs me is, so from a comic book fan perspective, the way that he kills Elektra is taken right from the Frank Miller panel. Just the image. Yeah, yeah, just the image itself. Yeah. The issue I had, Electra is a badass in the comic books. She wasn't given any offense against Bullseye. Uh-huh. And I that just that bothers me. That should have been that should have been a fight. That yep. should have been an actual battle between the two of them to where Electra gets the upper hand a couple times. I understand you gotta you gotta kinda put it maybe in like a two or three minute window. Mm-hmm. And but Bullseye got too much offense in on her. Yeah. Like she's this badass assassin ninja. Like she should yeah. be able to hold her own. Here's the thing too, it's like that was such a crucial moment in the comics because there's like build up to it in like years of story and like mm-hmm. i mean it meant something because she yeah. was an established character within dead uh deadpool daredevil's uh roster of characters in his stories like 
I personally, I don't think Elektra should have been introduced in a first Daredevil movie to begin with. Like, you know, the Netflix show did it well. I think they held her off until season two. So, like, I think you introduce Elektra in, like, a second movie, kill her off in a third movie, Mm -hmm. or even introduce her halfway through this movie and then let the second movie be where you show off her action and then kill her or something. But, like, there was no gravity to her death in this movie. It meant nothing. That's why I think I would have loved to have seen a, there was supposed to be not like not Electra, but like I'm like there was talks in 20th Century Fox had kind of penned or they had slated kind of a, a sequel in like 2005, 2006 with Ben Affleck just straight up refused because he just didn't he thought the movie was bad he thought it tanked he, he was like i don't want to do i don't want to go through this again i was embarrassed did he like think that. did did he think the theatrical cut was bad or just the movie i think just, he's just working on the movie in general soured him on it he was like i felt embarrassed in the costume mm-hmm. um i didn't like the production i didn't like so he had he had a lot again he had bad taste in his mouth over it which kind of sullied him on doing superhero roles yeah but a sequel would be great to where, like you said, Jeff, like you build, you introduce Electra and build her, and then maybe show near the end that she's an assassin, mm-hmm. not facing Daredevil, but show near the end. And then you kind of have the way they did like the Punisher and Daredevil at the beginning of season two of Daredevil, to where they kind of face off a couple times before they realize that they're allies and have like Typhoid Mary in there, or have, you know, maybe you know, the return, like Kingpin's pulling the strings from prison and this yeah. is where you get bullseye. And then in the, you know, bullseye comes in maybe near the end of the, the second movie. And then the third movie is bullseye. Yeah. And then the end is when you have him kill Electra. This is much uh-huh. easier to do in a comic book. It is. Because with movies, it sounds great, but I mean, you can want it all you want, but studio, if any sort of studio interference could put a halt to anything. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you hear it all the time, like, oh, well, you know, Tim Burton was supposed to do a third Batman movie, or like, you know, this this was supposed to get a sequel, but they canned it, like stuff like that. So, I mean, it sounds awesome, and I would love it, but once again, studios think that they know what's best rather mm-hmm. than the creative people trying yeah. to create. Yep. Stu- studios just need to give me pen, paper, and a blank check, and I will make money for them. <laughs> <laughs> but first, I'm gonna write a he- I'm gonna put out a hefty loan on myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I had a couple more notes, kind yeah. of towards sort of like the point I made earlier mm-hmm. that this needs to be looked at in context. And yeah. basically, I said that like this is before comic book movies were like fully taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Now they're a damn empire. Yeah, exactly. MCU, the MCU over the past ten plus years is has made billions and billions of dollars hand over fist. Yeah. So these superhero movies are still like a novelty. Yeah. At this point, they were very specific. They had a very specific identity, and uh, I think this kind of fits that mold. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I think, and it's it fits the mold of sort of the novelty of a superhero movie, but it's got a darker, kind of more serious tone. Mm-hmm. And I just think, in terms of capturing themes, tone, and characterization, like of Daredevil, mm-hmm. this is a great version that gave me a whole new lens to look at this yeah. movie through. And it's it's 
good because it doesn't have that bar to hit, excuse me, or to set of a big, massive explosion fest with a whole lot of CGI. Like, don't get me wrong. The CGI in this hasn't aged super well, but like you said, within the context, it looked fine. Like well, they don't, they don't use a, a, it. It looked fine illustrating his senses. Some of the stuff, like the rooftop stuff. Like when he jumps like, from the roof. Yeah, and stuff. but that's used very sparingly. And also, we don't need much of it because this movie's very grounded. It's mm-hmm. a very ground level. And yeah, definitely in a way. And plus, like... Let's not forget MCU movies aren't without their flaws either. No, like this, this I would. This movie is better than Thor: The Dark World. This director's cut. Oh, I would yeah. even say it's better than the first Thor movie. See, I the Daredevil, the director's cut, the way it's supposed to be is easily a Phase One, Phase Two Marvel movie. Yeah, like oh, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's better than Iron Man Two, Iron Man Three, Thor: The Dark World. Um, I would even say it's better than the first Thor. Yeah. Um, it's like it's better than the Edward Norton Hulk. Yeah. Like it, it's that. That's it's better five than movie. Endgame. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't know. Okay. I think they kind. Of, I think by this time, by the time Endgame came out, MCU kind of got their footing. So I don't know about nah. that. But that's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there, there's at least five movies in the first two phases of the MCU that Daredevil met the. This version of Daredevil measures up against and surpasses in ways. We're talking like CGI. Look at the CGI in the scene where Black Panther's chasing down Winter Soldier in Civil War. That's goofy looking. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 hard to make something look believable as you can when it's kind of him jumping all over and cartwheeling over cars and stuff yeah. like that. That's goofy looking. It's not any worse in Daredevil. Like and a lot of it's too like Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck on strings and stuff like that too. So, I mean, practical effects in that way. But I mean, again, like you said, within the context of when it came out, it's not bad. I wonder how many times the CGI effects boys CGI her clothes off. (laughs) Yeah. Let me get a cut of that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on boys. That's a real rated R cut. (laughs) Um, Although it is funny, uh, um, so yeah, like Steven said, yesterday was the first time we watched the director's cut, and we hadn't seen the theatrical cut probably since we were fourteen. Like fourteen. So I was like, I don't think I remember enough from the theatrical cut to know what's different in this. And Steven's like, Well, there's more violence, you know, it's a bit darker. I think there's a sex scene, and I was like, Hmm. And <laughs> there's then, not. And then in we the get director's no, cut. and we get towards the end, and Steven's like, "Where's that sex scene?" <laughs> I was promised a sex scene, <laughs> yeah. a graphic, graphic sex scene. Yeah. There's a director's cut, and then there's Jerry's cut. <laughs> <laughs> Which they're they're actually in the theatrical cut is where I think the, there is the, one. the sex Cause scene because I, I remember watching it for the first time, and our aunt who we were watching it with fast forwarded. And well, I could how do you know about this? I couldn't see what she was fast forwarding, <laughs> but I was like, "What's she fast forwarding?" Yeah, yeah, said, yeah. Um, but yeah, unless there's anything else you guys like have to point out, because I think we pretty well we had kind of a pretty well balance here of stuff yeah. that we definitely um give it a second look. Yeah, definitely like defending it. I think you know we we were fair enough and saying stuff we didn't like. Yeah. Um, and I know for me. Is there anything, 
I have kind of a closing statement as I was thinking about it in, in a way that this movie actually mm-hmm. connects the three of us besides the fact that we've all seen it. Yeah. But is there anything else you guys like, whether good, bad or indifferent about this movie? I would just say we are saying, give it a second look, mm-hmm. but kind of like we were alluding to in this whole episode, if you're going to give it a second look, track down that director's cut. Mm-hmm. Cause it really is cool. Like yeah. it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I thought you were gonna. Sad. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you did. You did a good job with what you did, Ad. Yes, um, thank you. But so, Daredevil will always be special to me mm-hmm. um, because so it was released in February two thousand three. I think we got the DVD um, uh, probably Christmas two thousand three. So in sixth grade, maybe a little after that. But we were in sixth grade when we got it, and it. Like I said before, it kind of it made its way into our rotation of movies that we watched, um, and especially the time that I remember and why it's kind of significant is I remember the summer before seventh grade we watched Daredevil a lot. Mm. No, no, like no specific reason not to get inspiration of like how to not be afraid of going in this new chapter of life, like because <laughs> we had just turned thirteen and we were like, yeah. We just we just we just watched a I lot. Just need to make it's... myself blind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, throw like hot apple cider in your face. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, it was, I could still see. It was we had seen it a couple times already, but then we just kind of we wanted to watch it. We just started watching it a lot more, and that is was kind of the backdrop to a special time. In hindsight, I was scared shitless. Yeah. At the time, summer before seventh grade, because you're six years, you spend six years in elementary school and it's kind of just, it doesn't take as long to work into it, but you're becoming a teenager. Yeah. Things are changing. You're in kind of a more scary environment of junior high mm-hmm. to like a timid sixth grader like I was. So it's kind of the backdrop to that summer for me. And that summer, uh, it's like opened up my love for the three stooges. I got yeah. reintroduced to three stooges. Um, it really, um, beautiful letdown by Switchfoot. We got that for yeah. our 13th birthday and that really opened up more in junior high, just wearing that CD out and watching Daredevil. Uh, we went to our grandparents going to the mall, like going to the mills and mm-hmm. buying more three Stooges DVDs. Um, and we spent the weekend at our grandparents' house before like the Sunday or the Monday before we started junior high. And I remember the last thing we watched before going to grandma and grandpa's was daredevil. And it always had kind of still an impression on me. And again, it's, it didn't like teach us anything right. to help us out. This is just a backdrop for this new stage in life we were going through. And seventh grade is a, when we started a love with, of wrestling mm-hmm. and B seventh grade is when the three of us, became friends Mm -hmm. it started a friendship that i treasure like Mm -hmm. treasure a lot yeah as a friendship with jeff and so daredevil to me whenever i think of daredevil i can't hate this movie even even if yeah we we established that it sucked i can't hate it Mm -hmm. because it reminds me of the summer before seventh grade there's special things that started a new chapter in my life and all throughout junior high so many memories uh, surrounded by wrestling and the Three Stooges and by Switchfoot and by talking with Jeff about wrestling, which just, 
planted a seed that mm-hmm. grew into what were like the friendship we have now. And just so many things started that summer before seventh grade and daredevil was just, was the movie that reminds me of all of it. This uh, friendship has been truly a fantastic voyage. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Coolio. <laughs> <laughs> I just have one scene, one thing to say to all of that, Steven. Yes. Liar. and that is as good a spot as any to end this episode jeff thank you again for joining us man these are always thanks thanks for having me i love being on this these are always great spirited discussions and Uh i want to have you next time you're on i want you to be on a ramble because i feel like we had (laughs) straight up Okay. Um, because be your fourth time, which would be the closest to the next five timer. Yep. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's cool it. Keep it in your pants. Um, okay. Also, <laughs> eventually, eventually um, Jeff, Matt, and I are going to have a wrestling podcast that we're going to do monthly, yeah. uh, which we're excited about. Oh, I thought you were telling him that you and yeah. I were going to. I was like, he's <laughs> he's in on it, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, Jeff, thanks for joining us, yes. man. It's always it's a lively, spirited discussion, whether we're in front of microphones or with you sitting on your couch eating crackles burgers. Um, it's. When this when Quarant- this shit quarantine is all said done, crackles, baby. when this stuff is when all this COVID stuff is all done, we're coming out to cater and we're partying. Mm-hmm. Gonna like, rip it up. We are gonna tear it up. Hopefully, you all will do the same. This is all over. Be good, you know. Be good to one another as you tear it up. Be kind. Rewind, and we'll see you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.